Welcome back to episode 156 of the Bad Taste Video Podcast. The Road Warriors have returned. I am Mike. I'm here with Grizz. Well, <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, dude, we made it. We survived VHS Fest barely. We survived the rain. Well, I missed the rain. I was sitting in fucking dead stop traffic for hours, which was I horrendous. You, yeah, you were there. You were sending videos. I was seeing people's Instagram stories. It was rough. <laughs> that looked like some real shit, dude. Jesus. You know, it. it, it I've been to, uh, since the first VHS Fest, I've been to most of them, and it seems like uh, we were due for the, uh, the monsoon that was VHS Fest 1. So it was a little bit of a reminder of things that uh, once were. It was, it was good. I, I actually liked the rain. It was, it was a good like adventure for everybody to experience together. I feel like we've been pretty lucky with the weather when it comes to VHS Fest. It's usually just hot, you know? It's never like fucking terrible rain. Humid balls fucking sucks in that field in the middle of the day. And you know what? It's, it's even worse when it's like fucking, you know, rainy the day before. There's water on the ground. All that shit starts to evaporate. Jesus Christ, you're just hit with that fucking humid stick. Well, it was like it made it even worse that like our entire crew decided to like, well, we had like a camper with us. So like our entire thing was set up in the far back and everybody else's spots dried up on on Saturday when they got like real hot and humid, like the whole lot dried up except for where we were camping. It was still this giant fucking mud puddle all day Saturday. So I couldn't escape it. My shoes are destroyed. I think that's only because the camper was so big, it was actually blocking the sun from hitting that area. It probably had a lot to do. I didn't think about that, actually. I'm like looking at it. I'm like, why is this the only place that's still wet? And yes, that was us in the back. In the tent village. <laughs> we were like a fucking million pop-ups. Oh, my God. People are probably so fucking annoyed at us. So, so rowdy back oh, there. dude. That, anybody who's been to the VHS Fest knows that, like, that's us. We're in the back for a reason. To, uh, just leave us alone because you're not going to be able to settle us down. <laughs> I mean, I didn't go to VHS Fest 1. I'm not an OG like that. I started at 2. Uh, that's still and, pretty OG. Let's come on. I'll give you some credit. Hey, dude. I was sleeping in my car. It was fucking, you know, I didn't have a tent. Well, I did have a tent, but I didn't bring it because I was a fucking idiot. But I do have to say... We're getting pretty comfortable going to this thing now, right? You feel like you fucking you're going back to summer camp, like in all those other fucking movies we've been watching. It's stupid too because like 
in my, I over prepare for everything. Like, oh, I gotta get this, I gotta get this. Like, I ended up coming home with so much shit that I bought that I did not use at all weekend. Well, for one, like, I didn't, I, like, I barely slept. I think I got, like, three hours of sleep the entire weekend. So, like, I didn't go inside of my tent one time at all. I, I slept in the most random places for a few hours. To... <laughs> Next time, I don't even think I'm going to pack anything. I'm just going to fucking just go out there and let whatever happens, happens at VHS Fest. No, dude, you can't, you can't go without the tent because that'll be the time that, like, Kyle goes... Yo guys, I can't make it this year. Yeah, and all of a sudden, no you, you you got nowhere to sleep. You got nothing to eat. You got nothing to drink. You're fucked, man. But you know you can't cook there anyway, so it's you're really just eating like snacks the whole time until the snack bar opens, and then you're just eating greasier snacks, oh. which I love. I think I ate like Dude, eight hot were, dogs, uh, multiple yeah, corn say, dogs. You did some fucking work at that snack bar, my man. I love it. I fucking love eating like greasy fucking roller dogs and corn dogs Saturday night Chase comes back and he's like man you're not gonna believe it but he's got like a whole fucking tray of hot dogs and shit going on up there (laughs) I was like like, dude he could eat that shit and the dude's still the fucking road warrior I don't know how he does it (laughs) well you have you have Chase aka grave spitter uh, eating two hot dogs with a Rico's cheese. Just going, oh, I shouldn't be doing this, but, uh, you know, whatever. Fuck it. He's you just, for it today, I'm sure. Dude, you gotta let loose, man. I mean, it doesn't hurt it when you're, you know, a few dozen beers deep, but, you know, you gotta, you gotta embrace the culture. What, are you gonna go to the drive-in and eat fucking chicken and rice, motherfucker? Oh, wait, that's right. <laughs> These motherfuckers clown me so hard. <laughs> 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 my buddy Steve, Steve looks up he's like you eating fucking scrambled eggs dude and I was like what the fuck are you talking about well you know Grizz is trying very hard to to become as ripped as he can be and he's like yo I'm doing so well I'm not gonna fuck up this fucking this, this streak I have and I have to commend him he was drinking protein shakes he was eating his fucking pre-packed food very commendable. I definitely could not help myself. I, I had needed light to beer, eat. so I even was like trying to be responsible yeah. on that end. So. Yeah, I mean, you gotta let loose once in a while, and when I go to VHS Fest or Mahanig in general, I just need a corn dog, dude. I just need a hot dog. I just need fucking Mountain Dew. I just need some dumb shit. And you know what? I didn't even really pay for it, man. I, I feel pretty good. I emptied myself out at Kyle's house. My bad, my man. And, uh, <laughs> no, it wasn't. I didn't. I, it wasn't that bad. But you know, feeling pretty good. Feeling rejuvenated. We got to see all our friends. Everybody comes from around the country. We get to finally hang out for a weekend. You feel terrible when you leave because you don't get to see these people for another yeah, that's year, the worst right? Part for sure. It, and dude, I'm telling you, like from from being there from year one, where I mean, there had to be maybe 200 of us. I mean, I'm, that's that's probably being a little like you know gracious too. That there's probably less than that. So to seeing what it has has become now with over you know I think they said 700, 700 plus people on Saturday night. It is it's a fucking wild scene, man. And all of us have this you know crazy thing in common of loving these horror movies, and it really makes for a cool community. And and the one thing that was kind of uh, new for me that I it was it was really awesome 
was to like meet all these people there that really enjoy what what me and you do and and, and what the hog does and, and what anthony does on the podcast people who say they listen you know all the time at work uh, you guys are awesome that that was really kind of made the weekend special for me is, is having a bunch of people come up and be like dude thank you for you know putting what you guys put into this because it, it makes it fucking worth it like me and mike just enjoy bullshitting about movies every week but to know that other people give a fuck or enjoy what we have to think about it that that's a pretty it's a pretty big trip for me man yeah, it's always a good time seeing people that you know, people that you talk to online, people that message you once in a while, you know, to actually put a face to the Instagram handle as fucking dumb as that sounds. That's the it's question really, of the weekend, right? Hey, what's your Instagram? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, well, that's how you end up like realizing who the person is, right? Oh, yeah. But, you have a conversation with someone and then actually like halfway through realize that you fucking have known this person for four years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, we that's how we originally met. We met through Instagram through because of VHS tapes. If you want to hear something crazy, listen to this. This is the only this. This is only sorry. The second time. That Grizz and I have hung out in person. In person? I don't know. It's fucking ridiculous. It's, it's been years now, and it's only the second time we've we've met in person. But we see each other every week on Skype. We talk to each other every day. And it, it all it didn't feel st- like I was really no, like dude. seeing you for the first time in two years, to be honest with you. So Yeah. Well, dude, you end up like making these friendships over these movies, over these VHS tapes, and they become real friendships. It's not just like fucking surface level bullshit instagram stuff like dude you come up to us we're gonna hang out with you we're gonna talk with you we'll chug a beer with you whatever you want like you never know we may hit it off we got to see our man sutter kane rules bruce my brother from another mother always love seeing him literally one of the best guys you're gonna meet in uh, the vhs world or just the world period we met our man dan right d reds finally yeah, that dude was super cool. Him, him and the other Crip crew member, uh, Pat, those guys were a trip to hang out with all weekend. Uh, we got to meet uh, the, the other podcast dudes there that that came up. Uh, Caleb? Caleb, yeah, that was going to say that was his name. We, took a, we got a, a great picture with him on Friday night. Uh, our buddy Steve from Hudson, New York, that dude was, was probably one of the coolest dudes I met all weekend. So shout out to him. Daniel the Demon, another one, finally. Oh, all the way from the West Coast. That's the crazy thing, too, man, is that these people, I mean, the first year, you know, you got a handful of people, and it was all, you know, basically this Northeast crew of of VHS collectors that finally got to hang out. But now it's like, dude, you come up and you start meeting people. It's like, oh, I'm from fucking California. I'm from from Oregon and shit. Portland, bro. God damn. Like, these people are coming thousands of miles to come to one of the coolest drive-ins that yeah. I've ever been in in my life. And it's it's such a unique experience. So good for them for having the wherewithal to fucking get off their asses and go halfway across yeah. the world to come to this awesome thing, man. Hopefully next next year, E.K. Wimmer from the Laser Graves podcast makes it out. Be there. Ernie Keegan, I'm calling you out in person. The fucking Road Warriors are putting you through a table. You do not show up <laughs> in VHS Best 6. I also want to shout out Steven Stefanello. I think that's how you say his last name. Yeah, that's Another the one of our from, boys. Uh, from Hudson that I was talking about. That's the dude. Benny Graves, what's up? Needles the Grave Digger, what's up? Literally fucking just tons of people you're seeing at this shit that you only get to see once in a while, and it's really fucking great. Seriously, we highly recommend you all go next year. 
It's one of right? the only times I actually get to hang out with my band members of the band I'm currently in, which that's is even true. fucking weirder for me. So, Dude, Primordial Booze and Grave Spitter, Methadone Abortion Clinic. What a, what a great time to uh, to spend with some of my favorite people. Dude, I agree 100%. And while you're there, you may catch a few movies. Oh, right? Movies playing this weekend? <laughs> oh, my God. I missed that part. So uh, yeah, there there were a bunch of movies playing. Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. Um, what else do we have? Rabbit, Rabbit Grannies. Grannies. Yeah, I remember seeing parts Past. of that. Black Past is the shit. Uh, we also had WrestleMania. We saw. Some- <laughs> yeah, there was some Are You Afraid of the Dark playing. Uh, yeah, pretty wild. Uh, Sorority Babes in the Slime Ball. Bolarama. That one's always a mouthful to say. There was also a favorite of ours, Savage Harvest. Go back and listen to that. Yeah, Eric's that we did. there. What a great guy he was, too. I mean, Dude, what a monster of a filmmaker. Extremely personable, too. All, every, all, the, all the celebrities that were there this weekend were just were great to talk to. We're down to earth. You couldn't ask for a better group of people. And the biggest celebrity that I met this past weekend at VHS Fest, Asbestos Felt. What a the trip. man, the, <laughs> literally, the, the man, the myth, the legend from the 1987 Tim Ritter slasher classic Killing Spree. And that will also be our movie this week. It seems appropriate that we uh, would cover something that everybody got to see that was there. Dude, they they made a great decision putting that on first on Saturday night. Just kicks things off right, man. It just really gets you pumped for everything that's going to happen that night. Getting to see that movie on the big screen was wild, especially at a drive-in. Because me and you, we're huge Tim Ritter fans. We've, We've seen all his shit. We watch it over and over again. You know, he's a buddy of ours, friend of the show. We've done live fucking live events with them oh, we, the, we the watch did. along with with the day of the reaper was was one of my favorite things we've ever done and, and shout out to tim for doing that with us before so cool so fucking cool and killing spree is one of his earlier movies that just i when i saw this as a kid or a teenager really like it just blew me the fuck away and and still to this day i can watch this movie over and over and there's just something about it and to you know we've only seen it on our tvs at home I never had the opportunity to see this anywhere else. And finally, I got Wild, to see right? it like, yeah, seeing it with a huge group of people in this really special place to see movies. It was really fucking great. Seriously, this was quite the experience. And it also added to the whole, I guess, uh, you know, usually we watch this movie, we take notes and we talk about it when we do the recording. But we got to see it with such a big group of people that you got a different perspective on the movie almost where people laugh where people are screaming all sorts of shit it was really fucking awesome this so like for me killing spree is my favorite tim ritter movie and it's the movie that i first saw from him that really you know made me travel down the path of what else this guy has done because this to me was completely mind-blowing like i like i'd seen you know other low budget you know horror movies i'd seen this though around the same time that i was watching things like the burning moon for the first time and so it i was feeding into that like hardcore underground and after watching killing spree i was like dude whatever fucking this guy is into i gotta figure it out truth or dare another complete fucking masterpiece creep 
So I was just like inundated with all of this Tim Ritter movies. And I still come back to fucking Killing Spree every time as being the ultimate and best movie he's ever done. And I think it has a lot to do with Asbestos Felt playing Tom Russo. It's just so fucking good. Yeah, he nails it as the lead character in this movie. He comes across as fucking crazy. You know, he's got that look. He's fucking just just a wild dude. And you also have Joel D. Weinkoop in this movie playing the TV repairman. The, the, what do they call him? The muscly karate guy or whatever. <laughs> you know, if, if there's a Tim Ritter movie, you're going to see some, some Joel action, and that's for sure. And I cannot get enough of him. He is one of the best human beings on planet Earth, in my opinion. He, he is so, I guess, like entrenched in this like VHS horror, weird movie subculture that if if you don't know who Joel D. Weinkoop is, you're just misinformed. You've definitely seen him before. He has like a t-shirt, I think, or like, you know, that has like a slogan on it where it's like, uh, you know, it says like Weinkoop can play it because like that's basically it where it's like, dude, he has played everything, every role in any kind of movie you could possibly think of. He is the king of the underground. Like there is no better actor that could, like if you need like a cop, a bad guy, a monster in a fucking suit, you need it doesn't matter what the role is, Winecoop can play it. And I think that yeah, is the perfect fucking slogan for that guy. Dude, you know what my favorite Winecoop fucking role is? Him and Creep. It, dude, that, that is, is that, that is, is the essential. That's the essential Winecoop fucking role. Go go listen to our episode on that. Go watch the movie actually. Go give Tim Ritter money and fucking buy a copy from him. Go watch it for you Kathy know. Willett. That's that's her <laughs> Yeah, that's the sound you just made. That. Oh, that's like yeah, the most yeah. perfect way to respond. To you know, it just just look her up and like the whole like deal behind what was going on there. Just wild that he even got involved. It's, if you ask real nicely, I might be able to make copies of a an even uh, more intense version of Creep that I was gifted. So. Maybe I don't we'll even do think a pr- you've been able to see that one yet. I gotta send you a copy. No. Of that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta rip that to your. Yeah, don't. You know what? We'll just watch it together. <laughs> there we go. I'll bring it up. I'll bring it to the housewarming party, and we'll uh, we'll, ha- we'll have to yeah. watch that together. <laughs> yeah. Make your girlfriend watch it. With us. <laughs> she would not have a good time seeing that. <laughs> so this was filmed in Florida, like a ton of Tim Ritter movies, right? And you can tell, looks very. Um, Floridian, I guess would be. Yeah, yeah, suburban tropical. Is that like a term? I don't know. That's a great way to describe like most. It's suburban tropical, really. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. He's even kind of like asbestos felt is kind of dressed that way too. Even though he's dressed in like his fucking mechanic blues, he still looks like he's going to have a drink at the pool. (laughs) Very relaxed HVAC man is how I would describe it. Well, he does wear the banana hammock at one point. He looks That's what all like HVAC group- repairmen really yeah. wear underneath their suits. You just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he, yeah, he look. What the hell's that shit? The Maytag repairman. That's what he looks like. That's yeah. Exactly, yeah, that's the outfit. It's the fucking shirt, dude. My dad had to wear those shirts growing up with his fucking name on it and stuff. And it's all I can think the, about. The fucking hamburger meat hanging out the front, right, <laughs> with the gold like chain. Already, dude, it's like you know him already. Yeah, you just saw yeah. my hamburger meat. We're like, this motherfucker comes from a long line of meat burger. <laughs> 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 Some, something that I really find funny about this, uh, I saw this on 
IMDb, so I don't know how true this is. But it was shot over the course of 12 days. Imagine making this fucking movie in 12 days. Less it than had two to take, weeks, man. Dude, it had to, it had to take longer to edit than fucking actually shoot. Oh, There's especially no on, way. The, yeah, in the film too, dude. It had to take so long to fucking edit this. I I want to know what the actual budget was because it had to be fucking what like 10 grand something like that if that yeah there's no way it was 75 like like imdb is saying i'll I'll, I'll dig in a little bit and maybe i can get some information from tim but there's no way it was 75 the only way i could see this being seventy five thousand dollars is if they had to pay for everybody to fucking fly back and forth and uh unless they were spending it on catering or something i don't know no i mean i just in the time period of, of 87 and for like what you know Tim had been doing at that time point. I don't see, I don't see a budget, you know, that big being available to him to do a movie of that, you know, kind of caliber. I think, and I, and like, I think with seventy five thousand, you this might be a little bit more. You know, I don't know because there is some big effects in this movie. It's hard to, it's hard to gauge, but I just still, I, I just can't put seventy five thousand on it, dude. You know, the big effects though, at this time, it's a fucking crapshoot. These dudes were making Practical. this shit. Yeah, yeah, you have no I like no idea how just talented some of these dudes were. You know what I mean? The like the way from, that like, they basket were basket case didn't like he work on this movie the effects. I remember there's like some big effects artist who did like a bunch of good movies that was like involved with a lot of these practical effects. I'll look it up during this whole thing. I'll get a, I'll get a name for you, but I'm pretty sure there was a, a pretty a pretty big dude that's involved with it. Well, then that, that's kind of like one of those things where it's like oh this guy got his start doing this or you know he originally helped out in that and they end up having these way bigger careers than you know what you really would expect coming out of one of these things and I feel like it's kind of like being like oh like you're getting into the IT field you work at a help desk fucking answering phones but then all of a sudden you're, you're a software engineer or some shit you gotta start somewhere you gotta cut your teeth at the bottom to get to the top, you know what I mean? Yeah, and this dude's name was is, is Joel Harlow. I mean, and talk about like you know, like you said, cutting your teeth at the bottom to to make it to the top, man. I mean, this dude currently still crushing it, working on Godzilla: King of the Monsters in 2019. I mean, the dude is still currently. I mean, all of the fucking uh, Hellboy. He did all of the uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. I mean, this is the dude that did the special effects on Killing Spree. And so it's so cool to see somebody from, you know, doing these fucking movies that are being filmed with no budgets with in 12 days to, to working on multi-million dollar huge budget blockbusters. It, it's cool to see that kind of progression. 1993 special makeup effects artist on the sandlot that's like the wow best shit. so like it was like wow. the big dog and shit like that did he have like you know do the effect on that, that, that that's like, like the big paw that comes out to like grab the ball and stuff i can't see it now 1995 special makeup effects artist mighty morphin power rangers the movie then the same year he did Watch lord that. of illusions dude then two years later anaconda what the fuck? Oh my god, 1998 Phantoms, bro. Phantoms like a motherfucker. So it was Basket Case 2. That's what I knew it was had something to do with Basket Case, but he was like uh like the special effects, you know, assistant on Basket Case 2, which would have been like two or three years after working on Killing Spree. His job, and this was his first job was Killing Spree right after it. 
fucking Toxic Avenger Part 2. Toxic Avenger Part 3. So this dude, like, I, I, I love that. Like, just non-stop fucking work. And all of it is, like, really good movies, dude. Like, even the shit that you named that's like, oh, The <gasps> Sandlot and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Those are good fucking movies, man. Go back and watch them now. Dude, Mold Maker, Leprechaun. Uh, effects Technician, XFX Inc., 1991, Suburban Commando, brother. Night of the Demons <laughs> 2. Dude, this list is insane now that I'm Pet looking Cemetery at it. Pet Cemetery 2, Basket Case 3. Wow. Blues Brothers 2000, Bicentennial Man. Dude, this guy did a ton of shit. Holy fuck. Who the hell did he know? So it's like, like dude, uh, here you go. You could start in fucking Jupiter, Florida. Making shit with a dude named Asbestos Fell, and, and then you go on to be like this crushing fucking makeup artist. Dude, I, I just can't it. believe it, man. The fucking King of the Monsters makeup department head? What the yeah. fuck? Running that shit. Love it. So, really, what, what it comes down to? Dude, Black Panther? What? Uh, what it comes down to is if somebody asks you to make a movie with them, fucking make the movie with them and do your best do not half-ass anything because you never know where it's going to lead you right you Every, never everything know. goes in the uh in the big book of of what is it the, the your resume of things yeah, that you've done your so. real your imdb filmography yeah there you go That's, so i feel like we're talking this thing up like a motherfucker so we should probably get into the movie at this point now i want to say that because this is our little vhs fest uh wrap up show i guess our like post-mortem that. <laughs> that's an even better way to put it <laughs> yeah uh we will be sprinkling in some interviews that we did over the weekend with a few of our pals a few people we know some people we think you would uh find pretty interesting that it, that are also doing some pretty cool things right oh yeah so uh let's hit that trailer just Killing spree. Now, this movie, I guess, starts like any other 80s low-budget horror movie, right? But the thing is, it like literally just keeps getting crazier and crazier as the movie goes because our main man Asbestos is getting crazier and crazier as it goes. And I gotta also mention, I did get a signed photograph of him. 
and I'm gonna hang it in my kitchen just oh, so everybody's yeah. like, who the who the fuck is that? The old Uncle so, Asbestos, <laughs> dude. He was awesome, man. He's like signing his name, and he's like, you can tell he's like got to think about it, like how to spell his fucking name. He dude is was a, out he's there, one of a kind character. I had the best conversation with him, and he and like he's fucking wild as hell, man. He has not changed. I think he's only become like a fine wine or a stinky cheese that with age has just become that much better. And you know, it's funny, like you meet some of these guys and like we say that they're fucking crazy and like they're legit crazy. And like, it's very awkward when you're talking to them. It's hard to kind of have a conversation. He is so personable and like so relaxed. So like, what, what, like, what, how could you put just it like embracing part of it dude just happy that you're down and and happy that you like the fucking movie he's a part of and that you want his signature in general he's he's very appreciative and it makes it very welcoming he doesn't it doesn't feel like you're talking to a celebrity man it feels like you're talking to to one of the other vhs collectors there and i think that's what was so cool about him yeah dude oh my god he was doing the rap from the end of the movie for <laughs> <Yeah>. us dude <laughs> fucking word for word motherfucker knows it still word for word unreal just and he told us that he wrote that that's the best part he wrote that fucking rap and he's like yeah i wrote in like 10 minutes it's like dude you are the man you are an artist and and i could see it you know the guy is the guy is very special at the bus stop (laughs) he's just like that fucking weirdo it's so good dude (laughs) that's definitely just like a nod oh yeah i mean like you know you know yeah, yeah, I I love him, but uh, his character in this movie is fucking awesome. He's he's a jealous husband. His ex wife cheated on him, and now he thinks his current wife is cheating on him, and he's uh, gonna take it out on all the guys he suspects of banging his wife, basically, right? Which is like the whole neighborhood. This oh man, this is like one of my this like I've said before is one of my favorite movies, and the reason why is Tom Russo's descent into madness is just it's poetic it's beautiful like it but it's it's slapsticky too it's like this over-the-top dark comedy of of like suburban nightmare and i fucking love the way asbestos plays this character because you legitimately feel like this is madness this is yeah this is complete lunacy at its finest and i can't get enough of it and you know it's funny you say you say it's a dark comedy where it does have comedic parts to it, but I feel like it's not like goofy in that sort of way. Like yeah, it's got like goofy shit in it, but like it doesn't come across as a comedy to me. It just has no, funny parts that. in it. I think that like for my sensibilities for things that I find funny, it, it definitely is not a dark comedy by any means. No, but I know exactly what you're saying. But you know what I? But you, but you get what I'm saying that there is there's a lot of like. Uh, parts that you can you can pull comedy from that maybe were not intentionally meant to be comedic in any aspect yeah but you're gonna get that with these shot on video movies these low budget horror films even the low budget action films where the decapitated head dude i mean that's that's fucking yeah that's well that's that's like a fucking (laughs) it's a budget restraint i get it but like it's comedy fucking gold yeah well dude the guy that comes in that's like he's what was he picking up the blinds or whatever with the cowboy hat (laughs) like the way he's fucking walking into the room like all this shit like just the way that these actors portray the characters 
come across as funny sometimes, but it adds to the movie. It makes it that much crazier. Yeah, you know? that's it. It, adds, it makes it that much crazier because it makes it seem like Tom Russo's descent into madness is that much more realer. That like, is this real? Is this all fucking make believe? Like, what the fuck is actually happening in this guy's head? And I think because of those like almost dreamlike, like the way the cowboy guy is like walking, like you said, it does almost make it be like this is very unsettling. But I can't determine if this is actual reality. Or if this is an altered state of reality. I think that the whole thing is pretty much an altered state because you're pretty much seeing it from his point of view after reading the wife's quote unquote diary. The twist. So that's the, oh, the yeah. twist is great. So like when you see the guy that's cutting the lawn, he's like a surfer dude that would be in one of those romance novels. The guy that's fixing the TV, fucking Joel Weinkoop's character, oh he's like God. a muscly, like, repairman and stuff that knows karate. You know, like, it's all shit that would be in one of those romance novels, like an over-the-top character. And I really feel like that's part of the whole, like, atmosphere of the movie, that you're seeing it from Tom Russo's point of view, not reality. You know? <laughs> Like this, like this whole thing that we're talking about with the diary too, that and, and that we, it kind of comes to this like conclusion and towards the end of the movie, the first time watching it, dude, I am totally blown away by that reveal, because like I'm looking at this movie as like this kind of like oh like this is like a this is a a splat stick, kind of a movie where it's like oh I'm just kind of watching this guy who is you know a, assuming his wife is cheating on him with everybody in town, and we're gonna watch him kill these people kind of based off of the profession that these men have which in itself is such a great premise of a movie i i love i would watch that on itself and then i'm watching this and i'm like oh here's the fucking lawn boy he's gonna get fucking chopped up with some lawn tools you know here's this but then it's like oh the reveal of the diary that like oh no i'm just you know writing this thing to get us out of poverty and all this shit i'm like my fucking mind is blown like what kind of low budget like movie throws this fucking kind of twist on you that like really reveals this heavy plot throughout the whole movie that you have to think about after dude my hat's off to to the writing of this movie honestly this is mike i'm here with grizz and we're at vhs fest part four five, five? i don't fucking know anymore and we're here with force and how sunburned are you right now uh, about a cherry out of tomato and what the fuck are you doing here uh, flipping tapes. Are you a bootlegger? By day put him on the spot. and by night. <laughs> <laughs> so what do, what do you actually do here, man? What's, what's, what's your deal? We started with doing bootlegs of like big blockbuster movies so we can make some money to do more. But after your fifth season of this, you're kind of like, well, I kind of want to move on from this. So now all we do is fully licensed uh, VHSs with new art. There you go, man. And you make T-shirts, right? You do all sorts of shit. Expand our expand the portfolio, you know. So, what the fuck are you gonna do for the rest of the night when you pack up? Uh, he'll probably give me a hit of a volcano, and I'm gonna go to sleep in my car. Uh, it's gonna be great. I have never slept so well. Well, that's what happened last night, right? Yeah, for sure. Dude, don't worry. We'll cut. We'll cut this if you want. No, no, play by play. That's what happened. It's exactly what happened. I, I see him talking shit. Him and John are like, "Yeah, this motherfucker going right to sleep." And I literally look him in the face like, "No, I'm not." And then I walked right to my car. <laughs> okay, so the real question we want to know: Who the fuck do you hate here the most? Oh, 
Be honest. Uh, I know this is the heat. This is a, this is shoot. We're shoot promoing this. <laughs> no, I'll get. I don't know. You need to give us an answer. I know I do. Fuck. Where's the is he here? Oh. So I. Oh. That's, that's, that's John. That's it. I like it. <laughs> So, so what do you want to what do you want to tell the people at home that uh, where can they find your uh, like your page? Where can they find you on Instagram? Do you have an uh, like a IG? Website? We got we got IG, Twitter, Facebook, retro release video. Our website is retro release home video because I lost the license. It's a frustrating battle. I'm still debating with with Wix.com. Might go to Squarespace, but <laughs> anything else you want to say to the people, man? Come on, what's up? If you're not at VHS Fest, you're dead. There you go, man. Thank you very much. We will see you in about an hour. An hour. And then after that, for, for years. My man. <laughs> My man. Once a year. It's fun. When, when we, uh, a, a little bit later, when we get to the ending, that, that gets even fucking crazier. It turns even, even more. The volume gets there. Yeah, up to 11. Yeah. So you were saying that all these people get killed by, you know, kind of related to the profession that they have or, you know, whatever thing they were doing at the house at the time what what are what were your favorite ones i just want to say that the dude that takes with the cowboy hat that takes the screwdriver in his head and then gets thrown in the acid bath or whatever that's so good man especially when he comes back at the end like what a fucking what a what a like just i don't know presence in the movie yeah (laughs) just a masterpiece of shot on video (laughs) <laughs> all of the all of the the death in this movie really is is that kind of like masterpiece of shot on video and i guess we know why because the dude behind a lot of these uh these effects went on to fucking crush it so he obviously you know had a, a taste for these kind of things but all of them have these great I, I, honestly it's hard to pick a favorite but maybe the lawn man or the electrician the electrician has the machete blades on the fan i i <laughs> dude the machete blades on the fan is one of my one of my favorite things in any movie of all time so but He's they're like, all classic the lawn man with the lawnmower dude i i could watch this kind of stuff all fucking dude, day the neighbor getting the fucking claw into the hammer and her fucking jaw and ripped off well nosy bitches dude i'm gonna tell you that right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> he just had it by that point he's yeah. like yeah I'm, I'm just fucking tell you can you really but, blame Todd? We've all had a neighbor that we thought about driving a claw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Tom Russo, we feel for you, man. Yeah, but, we get it. <laughs> but all the all the kills are unique in the movie, right? They're all fucking entertaining. They all have something special to them. The setup is great every time, like because Tom is just fucking off his rocker he's acting like a fucking freak as he's talking to these dudes but yet again when he's talking to joel d Winecoop, he's like yeah can you give me like a like a little like preview of your karate you know what i mean like dumb shit like that and he's like getting all mad because like he punches him the joel d Winecoop hits him back all that stuff like it's just these the setups are great the setups are incredibly funny they're they're witty him like setting up the trap for the electrician is great it's almost like an evil dead type thing where he's building this fucking weapon that's how even the camera work kind of feels in that uh that electrician build up too it does have this very like evil dead kind of i think that's like that there's definitely some inspiration drawn 
from those type of films like you know evil dead and and motel hell and those kind of things that were that came before this i think if there's comedy in it that's where it's it's derived from it's not derived from like a straight we're trying to be funny it's just like you know like the build-up to these things tend to to be comical because of the subject matter but it's also very dark and has these gruesome fucking conclusions yeah i i feel like that's a real um characteristic of shot on video horror just like how like video violence a lot of it is very like comedic in flavor right you know like if if you're watching like foreign shot on video stuff it's usually kind of more serious right and, and like disturbing yeah it's much more like we're trying to be shocking than it is trying to yeah. make a, a movie i feel yeah yeah like if you watch like the burning moon and shit like that it's like oh man what the fuck <laughs> you know like this ain't funny at all <laughs> i mean you could laugh but like you could tell like where it's coming from it's not supposed to be funny yeah, it's at supposed all. to be it's supposed to be over the top it's supposed to be that like shock cinema of its time it's supposed to be the hardcore of hardcore where this isn't i don't think killing spree i don't think tim ritter was out being like you know i'm gonna make this fucking gore masterpiece type of thing you know he was he wanted to make a horror film and it that's the sensibility that he has is based on probably some of his favorite things like, you know, Evil Dead and stuff like that. So I, I think that this is the perfect in-between of those two realms of the, the the everyday horror movie and like the real fucking hardcore. Yeah, like it's got that that just the taste of the underbelly of shot on video. You know, like just when the when the neighbor gets the claw hammer in the in the fucking jaw. Like that's something that you would see in like video violence or the burning moon or some of these other like low budget foreign ones that we were watching, you know, violent shit, all stuff like that. It's, it's just, it's not as I guess, consistent with that throughout the whole movie, you know, where a lot of stuff, great writing, honestly, you really get down to it. Dude, Tim Ritter is a great writer. I agree. He just he just didn't Great. have the budget to fucking you know go as crazy as he could have. I mean, Truth or Dare, that's a fucking awesome movie. Dude, and imagine it, it, giving imagine giving Tim the budget now that Truth or Dare deserves to really make that movie. Like that that fucking story is so solid. I think that Truth or Dare: Critical Madness is probably his masterpiece it's not my favorite of his movie but i understand it to be his best work hands down as far as the movie and his writing ability it's so fucking good well that was a year before killing spree he did that so i feel like that warmed him up he was all warmed up and ready to go so maybe maybe he did get a decent amount of money to make this maybe they were like hey can you do that again for us you know what I mean? That's true. I, I guess I didn't really put that in perspective that Truth or Dare being really a, a fucking solid movie and coming before this might have gave him a little bit of a financial push or, you know, to go to the bank with something to be like, hey, this is actually a, a feasible way to make him, uh, some money back. But still, I can't I can't see the 75. I would absolutely love to give Tim Ritter like a million bucks to remake Day of the God. Reaper. Damn, dude. Day of the Reaper with a million dollar budget now would fucking slay. 
the spy the, on spy of the fucking day. I, I love. Oh man, I the love good the Reaper versus so, the bad Reaper, dude. That is just <laughs> so classic. It's so epic, dude. Tim is Tim is an just like once again, great writing, and that's someone who was in fucking high school still, man, and, and, and writing at that caliber. I would love to to try to get Mahonic to play Day of the Reaper to watch oh, that yeah. there. Uh, dude, that, maybe we could get Tim looks, to come. <laughs> I think t- Tim was, I believe, at one of them, wasn't he? Was he there um, when they did, uh, what's it called? Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't know. Was he? Did if they not? Ever- he was definitely, he would definitely come for that. That shit. I'll talk to him and see if he was there or not. I don't, I only yeah. missed, I think I missed the second year. But I was, I was there for the second year and I don't remember any Tim Ritter movies playing. So yeah, maybe just, he hasn't been there. He would be a great know. person to show up to that fucking place, man. Dude, we got to speak to Virgil and see if we can get us a, uh, a night or a weekend or something. And we need a, I yeah, got we need some a, ideas. We need a bad taste weekend. Virgil, shout out to you, man. I've been fucking chilling with you since since back in the day when we've been doing this whole VHS Fest thing. And, I, w- dude, you are one of the real ones. You are such a cool fucking dude, man. So thank you, Virgil, and thank you, Mahoning Drive-In, one more time yes. for, for a great time. Yeah, let's let's just uh, let's try to let's try to work something out. I think me and you could come up with something pretty fucking good. That I mean, nice I have a lineup, dude. I have one movie in mind that I would love to show there, and I think people would come for that. But we're not gonna say anything yet because I don't no want anybody to steal it from us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so who the fuck are you? Oh, this is Tapes from the Crib coming at you live from the Mahoning Drive-In Theater, baby. And what the fuck do you do? I'm selling some sauce, some teas, a little bit of tapes, hanging out with my buddies. And who do you hate the most here? Um, I'm going to say Grizz, this guy who is um, apparently on Bad Taste Video. He, uh, he kind of sucks. <laughs> so we, we tried your hot sauce. We really enjoyed it, man. We ate it with some French fries. That's, you know, all we could do right now. What else do you have? I know you're releasing something pretty soon, right? Is this one new? Yeah, so uh, we did the very hot sauce for the fest. Uh, we only have two left. We got the Cactus Jack barbecue and then the Hellraiser Harissa sauce. And can you still buy that online or is that it? So the Harissa will be online. The barbecue will. The very hot sauce. This is a one shot. None, no more, baby. So you fucking missed out if you didn't come to, what did it, what was it? We had just us five? Yes. Jesus fucking Christ. How many times am I going to fuck that up? So, man, come on. Be real. What are you going to do after this? Uh, I'm gonna get fucked up with my uh, this guy I hate named Grizz, and we're gonna rip a fucking ten foot bag. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to get sponsored by Volcano after yeah. this, right? Is that who actually? Is that the, actually the, the name of the company? Volcano. All right. Well, uh, do you want to say anything else before we go? Um, you can find me online, uh, Instagram Tapes from the Crypt, and Etsy Tapes from the Crypt. Thanks, y'all. There you go. All right. We'll see you later. So, um, you know what this movie kind of reminds me of also? Not so much the um, the plot or anything like that. Just the general feeling I get when I watch it. This reminds me of the video Dead a lot. Just, Just the way I feel when I watch the movie. The atmosphere of like, of my room when I'm watching it. The mood that I'm in when I'm watching it. Very close to the video Dead. I can kind of, I kind of get the sensibility. I mean, it's definitely not, you know, a similar movie, but it's made around that same time period. 
So I think it, it does have a, a similar look. It has a similar like sensibility. A lot of the camera work is very similar in the two. And it, it kind of does. I could see how it could give me the same feeling. But man, I get so amped up for Killing Spree. It just might be because it's like one of my favorite movies. But I mean, don't get me wrong. Dead Next Door is, is one of the best movies also. <laughs> Dude, you just love this time period of like low budget horror. This Dude, is 80 to 80 late 80s to the very early 90s up until maybe like 93 94. That is really the fucking golden nugget era of these kind of movies. I would say 87 me personally, I would say like 87 to like 1995. I would I would cap it at, at 95. Cuz then after there's a lot that of arguments it, into the 90s, there's there's just definitely some hidden gems late into the 90s that would qualify. I agree. Well, there's definitely hidden gems like the house that screamed and all that shit. That's that's right. 2000 or 2001 or something right. like that. But I feel like the the real prime of that genre is 87 to the mid 90s, and I would just cut it off at 95. Now you do have stuff like um, Sledgehammer from the early 80s, but yeah, I feel like sure. you know Blood Cult is another one that's mid 80s. I, I just feel like but blood cult doesn't I mean blood cult and killing spree if you watch them back to back are so completely different and and vibe and look and feel that like yeah they're both you know these low budget shot on video type of things but it's, it's crazy to see how different they can be and, and you know and still having like these really small minuscule budgets to make a film with I think that's that's the cool aspect of the art form of filmmaking is that like even we you know with limitations, things can be drastically different just based on the creativity of who's behind the camera. Yeah, well, I feel like also Blood Cult had a little bit more money, like with pretty much like the after the post production and everything, because they really tried to market that movie. They really tried to like. It, well, it's, it's also has a, a, it's another you know low budget movie that has probably one of the best stories in any low budget movie. It's a really fucking solid plot. Yeah, I agree. I, I I mean, I like it just like I like fucking um, Sledgehammer. But though they're more spaced out during that time period due to the fact that, you know, even though it was shot on video, it was probably made by somebody who knew sort of what they were doing. You know what I mean? I mean, David the, Pryor. The, yeah, like the younger people who wanted to get into filmmaking couldn't really afford the equipment still in the early 80s, where it became a little bit more accessible. Yeah. 87, 88, the home video camera became more of a household thing. I, I, I totally see what you're trying to say there. Like, dude, 85, The Ripper, the Tom Savini movie, that's done by, like, professionals. That's For not sure. a... That's not some bullshit thing. Same thing with Blood Cult. Like, that was done by a professional, not like a fucking asshole with a camera that he got from his mom. But then, like, once you get to 87, you start getting things like video violence, which that is professionally done, too, like, to an extent. Um, Cannibal Camp Out, that's 88. Uh, I'm not going to... I'm not really going to consider Tales from the Quad Dead Zone professionally made either oh, yeah. <laughs> um but that was 87 but dude like you just start getting all this crazy shit like at the end of the 80s into the 90s and i feel like killing spree is like that really good like in between of, of bad and good 
to the point where it's just like it's great. It's perfect. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. Because, you know, there are some things before it. The Abomination. Now, The Abomination, I don't even think. Was that shot on video or is that 16 or 8? I, I don't even think that was shot on video. Was it? I don't. It's hard. Dude, it doesn't look. It might be 8. There's parts of it that look like 8 millimeter. I know that. I, I don't know. That, so I'm not 100%. I mean, 87, Splatter Farm, Polonia Brothers, baby. Dude, also, <laughs> yeah, young fucking people around probably the same age as Tim Ritter at that time. Like I said, dude, a couple years before this, Tim Ritter was in high school making Day of the Reaper, Polonia Brothers, and up in fucking Pennsylvania, fresh out of high school too, 18, 19 years old, making fucking Splatter Farm. Like, what a yeah. wild fucking time to be a horror fan and to have some access to some some of the new technology that was out there that your parents could finally fucking afford and, and it just created some of the best stories that we would have never have seen if, if it you know dude like people like tim ritter and the plony brothers they weren't getting the big fucking contracts in hollywood being in fucking no, pennsylvania and florida you know so like it just allowed us to have this underground schlock fucking trashed or piece movies that really have formed the basis of our of our fandom and horror. I mean, we love all of the stuff, but when it gets down to it, this is the stuff that we, the nitty gritty that we, we really search out for. Yeah. And I feel like they really like paved the way for a lot of that stuff that was to come in the nineties. They were yeah. real, you know, pioneers when it came to shot on video and the stuff that you could do with it. They really fucking, you know, he, he just, he knocked it out of the park with this shit. Dude, I love Tim Ritter. I just can't stop saying I love Tim Ritter. There's something that I, I wonder about the time period and like, you know, you talk about them influencing each other and stuff is, you know, what was distribution like, you know, say for something like from Peerless Films of Truth or Dare, their release of that film on VHS, you know, at, at that time period, 86, 87, was that being released in places like Germany and stuff like that? Were, uh, were people like Olaf Leitenbach or, you know, or schnoss and stuff like that were they able to see these beginnings of these low budget films like video violence and stuff like that to make them have the influence or were they these pioneers in their own countries in their own culture to be like you know we're into this horror you know thing also but this is our take on it like it's just i'm just i don't know enough of the distribution and how widely it was at the time to like who was really getting their hands on these things it would be so interesting to find those uh those details out so I, this, I don't know if this is going to answer your question or not. I have an early international bootleg of violent shit that was done. It's German. There's no subs or anything. It's pre burning moon release. And it was done by a company that I guess was bootlegging stuff from overseas at the time and selling them here. So if they did that, I'm think. sure that it was going the other way, man. Right. That's, because, that's that's the assumption that they would have to be bootlegging in Germany and, you know, getting films out from the underground. There has to be yeah. a market for it. You know, if, Dude, if, being if made, music has to be, if music was being bootlegged and sent over there and shit, then no, so was this trading stuff. was huge, dude. It, yeah. You know, like that was the basic of, of the basis of the, most of the beginning of death metal is tape trading. So, yeah. Also, remember, some of these things did get released over there. Truth or Dare has a couple international releases. So but I didn't know if like, you know, how long the time period is from like when it actually was released in comparison to when the international release oh, was. So, oh, you know, sometimes, oh. yeah, it gets released, but it's, you know, 10 
years after the facts and such. So, but it's, you it's, know, it's, I, like you just said, though, I think you know, with the with the bootlegging community being so strong in in the eighties and nineties for content that was hard to get, there had to have been outlets for them to find these things. Yeah. Plus, also remember, like a lot of Americans over in Germany. Oh, you know, yeah. due to the military, due to work, all that stuff. So maybe some of those people brought some shit over too. Oh, yeah. You never Shoot me know. Some tapes, ma. I need something to watch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, remember, there were ads in the back of magazines and oh, stuff. Yeah. Like, like they. I'm Dead sure alive. we're getting ship away stuff all the time. Yeah, dude. I mean, if Peter Jackson was seeing this stuff in fucking New Zealand, like, I'm sure people in Germany were also seeing it. And these guys that are, you know, making shit, uh, dude. Where the fuck are these people coming from? Germany, New Zealand, um, Dutch make some wild fucking like, yeah, movies. Yeah, Denmark man. and shit. Like they had to have been seeing this stuff because when you watch the movies, you can pick out things that it's like, oh, this looks like this. This is a direct you know? influence. It has yeah. to be, you know. Like, dude, you watch violent shit, and they're playing the torture never stops by Wasp in in one of the scenes, like. Come on, dude. You don't think that they're also that, seeing that the honestly, movies like, that are coming makes, out? Makes that movie is them playing that fucking song yeah, in that yeah, scene, while the, dude. Yeah, while the car's just driving and it's like it's almost the whole song. So fucking good. Because, <laughs> like, you know, remember, they were also seeing the stuff that was influencing, like, Tim Ritter and shit. All the Italian movies, all those crazy Fulci Gore movies. They were seeing that stuff because there, there's references to them, like I just said. And I would really hope that these guys were paying attention to people like tim ritter over in america because i really do feel like they were showing what you could really do with shot on video that you didn't need a fucking professional setup you didn't need to go get you know all this fucking crazy gear that you could literally just let her rip and make yeah, a dude. fucking awesome movie in a couple days where there's a will there's a way and in fucking 12 days you can make something that uh is living on you know, fucking 40, 40 years later and, and, and is being shown at a drive-in that was built in fucking 1943 and then a bunch of, you know, fucking dumbass VHS heads are lining up at the door 700 plus to watch this movie, you know, that many years later. It's just a testament to like how fucking awesome Tim Ritter is as a filmmaker and like, you know, Asbestos Felt is as Tom Russo this to me is like this they could have only have shown this and it would have been worth it for me to see this on a big screen it's just yeah. it, was, it was epic i i 100 percent agree and i wonder if like he ever sits back and thinks about that like these like i hope fucking, i tell him how fucking dope it is so. like i like we have to tell him how that shit went this weekend the reaction yeah. that killing spree got how excited how everybody that i spoke to when I said, what movie are you like really excited for? They all spree, said man. Killing Spree. Yeah. That and Savage Harvest. And look at the movies that they were up against. Like Slimeball, Bolarama. That's a bigger budget movie compared to uh, all this Texas stuff. Texas Chainsaw. Or not Texas, sorry. Uh, Hollywood Chainsaw. Hollywood Chainsaw. That's, that's yeah. a way bigger budget. Dude, Fred Olin Ray was getting fucking bank in Hollywood to make those movies. Dude, Fred Olin Ray was there, apparently. I didn't really? see him, but apparently, no, apparently he was either. there. Oh, well, wild. Yeah, I I don't know. I would have I would have said what's up, but uh <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, she she was there in the snack bar. Uh sided autograph. Looking like a snack bar. <laughs> <laughs> but like, dude, imagine Olaf Fittenbach was there for Black Past. 
Dude. <laughs> I would love to meet I him. I wish. Yeah. You ever see what great. he looks like now? Yeah, dude. I've, I'm like friends with him on uh, on Facebook. He's doing this like, oh man, if I lived in Germany, I would be there right now. Because he put like an, an open casting call for like a ton of extras. He's doing like this horror movie on a train. And it's supposed to be like this fucking awesome splatter flick. And he was just like putting out like anybody that wants to come and be on this fucking train for this movie. Like come out to these dates and shit. And I'm like, God damn it, man. If I was in Germany, I would be all the fuck over that shit. Yeah, dude, that's that's one thing that I hope that we get to be a part of eventually is one of these guys movies. Dude, kill me. Like, fucking I just kill me, please make it. A I want to be I'll die for the cause. I don't give a fuck. Like, dude, just put me if- out. Okay, we're here, VHS Fest Part 5. How many? I don't know how many times I'm going to have to be reminded, but four, five, six, seven, we are... Yeah, it's fifth. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> All right, so we're here with... Uh, Matt Diltz-Williams of Future Video. And what the fuck do you do? Uh, I would say I am a longtime VHS aficionado and collector that has also been branching out into distribution. So started out with the Phantom Pain Films Company doing uh, some, I would say, re-releases of older stuff on VHS and usually trying to do kind of new additions with original artwork specific to that release, have some kind of something special about that release beyond any, you know, Blu-ray, DVD or previous release it has had. And uh, here at VHS5, launching uh, the future video label for domestic releasing. So just wanted to have a label that, say, Phantom Pain Films is a name that is, uh, I would say, it's near to my heart, but it does kind of have a darker connotation to it. So the idea of future video being a more kind of uh, wacky, fluffy name to be able to have all sorts of fun, weird stuff, which I would say for here, I have debuted with a VHS of a movie called The Weirdsies, which is a corpse fucking comedy, uh, and then a Blu-ray release of The Zombie Army, which is a early 90s zombie shot on video movie. And so, you know, something that can encompass both of those, and Future Video felt like a name that would be good for that. And actually, I would say then our next upcoming release is of a movie called Sons of Steel. It's uh, a lost Ozploitation movie from 1989. It is a sci-fi, time-traveling, post-apocalyptic, heavy metal musical that never got released in North America. So we are doing the first North American VHS release of it, as well as DVD and Blu-ray. So we have a VHS release of it coming out on uh, a new... We are getting slipcases printed for it because it's just an awesome fucking movie and it's the first time it's ever available on VHS, so we wanted to go big. So we've got slipcases printed for it that we were hoping to debut here, but unfortunately got kind of caught up in printing, so... We will have those soon, and then in August, we're going to be out with a Blu-ray and DVD release of it. And so, the film was almost lost. The negative was destroyed in a flood in the producer's basement years ago. There are only a couple of 35mm prints of the movie currently surviving that are in the Australian Film Archive. So we have an HD, we have a 2K scan from one of those 35mm prints. We've done restoration work to clean up some damage and uh, I would say fix sound issues and stuff. And it looks and it sounds beautiful. And so we are, we are thrilled to be able to bring it to North America on Blu-ray and VHS. Just to, you know, it's the type of movie that is the perfect midnight movie. And you watch it for the first time and you wonder, how the fuck have I never heard of this? <laughs> 
Why is this just now becoming aware to me? And so we're thrilled to be able to bring it to North America and have audiences discover it. I feel like Ozploitation is like one of those things that a lot of people don't don't really know a lot, right? Like there's a lot of stuff out there that's really strange. It's fucking awesome. I mean, Dead on Driving, right? That's Australia. That shit's awesome. Well, oh, Body Melt for sure. Well, I mean, I would say there was that awesome fucking documentary that Magnolia put out um, all about the Ozploitation film industry. Uh, fuck, I can't remember the name, but it was like Hollywood Down Under or something like that. But it was, you know, it's like, it was a great documentary. Those guys went on to do, I think, one about also, you know, Filipino exploitation, you know, shot movies. But I would say they came out with that great doc that just talked about all that. And Sons of Steel is not mentioned in it at all. You know, it just, that's it. It just is such, uh, I mean, it unfortunately just kind of came out it's i would say from all the research and you know conversation i've had with the filmmakers it really only got released in maybe about a half a dozen countries i personally have been able to track down uh, vhs releases from japan germany and belgium but but other than that there's not there's not really evidence of having come out so you know it it deserves to be seen. We're, I would say, I've been a passionate supporter of this movie and getting this release together for a few years now, and I'm thrilled to be able to have it, I say, completed and finally getting out there. There you go. And I feel like people know you because of all your book Walter releases, right? Well, I was going to say, with uh, Phantom Pain Films, I would say we've done a number of releases of uh, Jared Bookwalter and Tempe video stuff. So I would say. I mean, we're just, you know, we're huge fans of J.R. Bookwalter and friends of, you know, Tempe and Makeflix. And so I say we did The Dead Next Door, uh, Robot Ninja. Um, we did, geez, I would say now I'm kind of blanking, but I would say we did those. We did, of, uh, I would say, Mulva, the Mulva movies from Chris Seaver. Uh, I would say we... I would, say we, I would say we also did uh, the J.R. Bookwalter Shocking Shorts, a two-hour tape of all of his unreleased early short films, everything from him screwing around with, you know, Star Wars figures and a Super 8 camera to, you know, the short that he made right before going into making The Dead Next Door. So, you know, um, we've, I would say we're really proud of those releases that we've done and then we're continuing that, you know, tradition with future videos still with, you know, the release of The Weirdsies, which Tempe Digital just put out on Blu-ray of the Chris Seaver film. And uh, I say we did this new VHS release. And I got to tell you, I think I went a little... I think I went a little deep with it, you know, kind of just got my head in the weeds. I actually, well, what I did is that I actually made an original pan and scan version of the movie for the VHS release. I went in and shot by shot formatted the weirdsies for four by three. This is being a widescreen, you know, shot movie. And yeah, that's it. But shot by shot going in and reorienting it to be able to be true to the movie and have it actually be the four by three, you know, pan and scan release you are used to from a VHS. So, you know, truth to advertising on the box, it says, you know, this movie has been formatted from, I would say this movie has been altered from its original format. It has been formatted to fit your, and then in parentheses, I put square TV, because we've all got widescreen TVs now for the most part, but this is going to fill a nice box right in the middle of that, because it's four by three pan and scan, just like all the VHS tapes we remember are. So I... I went really deep on that. I put that much time and energy into it, but I wanted it to be just, you know, an awesome special release for our debut. That's, that's awesome. So where can they find you? Give me all your fucking links, man. 
So I was going to say, we just launched, we're on social media, we're on, uh, I would say we're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. On Instagram and Twitter, you can find us at future underscore vid, V-I-D, future underscore vid. And then on Facebook, you can find us at future video TV. Uh, we also have, uh, I would say, we don't have a full site up yet, but future-video.tv is our web address. As far as our releases, we're going to be doing conventions through the summer, but you can find them online at makeflix.com. Sounds good, man. Thank you very much. Good luck with everything. We're excited to see what you got. Hey, thank you so much, man. Great talking with you guys. I want to be killed in a Tim Ritter movie. I want to be killed in a J.R. Buckwalter movie. I want to be killed in an Olaf Wittenbach movie. I, I just fucking... I'll be happy to be dead, oh, like, man. pre-scene, in the background, just laying there dead. You don't even have to kill me, like, fucking visually on camera. Kill me beforehand and put me in the background. Like, I'm cool with that. <laughs> like in the uh, the hell scene of exactly, the burning yeah. moon? Put me as an extra in the fucking hell scene. Um, I'll, I, will, I can die happy. I'm good with it. Dude, I just... And you know what? I was just saying, J.R. Buckwalter, another guy that he was at the drive-in, and... Yeah. Not not this past one, but I think it was three. He was there or two. And, he was two. Yeah, and uh, you just go up to him, you talk to him, and it's like an unbelievable experience. This guy that I movie been, nerd man. I found his movies in high school. I thought they were the best thing to ever exist, and the guy like truly appreciates that. Like he still support his stuff. That's why, dude, we buy the Blu-rays all the time. We buy all that shit all the time because is, you know what. Dude, he is one that really loves it. He puts so much work and passion into restoring those films for those Blu-rays. Like, and it's he did like frame for frame, going through and correcting shit. Like, that's passion that he still has for the things that were his babies. That his, you know, the the, the love drive of his, uh, you know, his creativity throughout yeah. the '90s. He still has it, and I I love to see that he is 100% legit, man. Dude, go watch the Robot Ninja Blu-ray. And Damn. compare it to the VHS tape. Seriously. Beautiful. Go, I mean, he didn't make Skinned Alive, but go watch the fucking VHS tape and go it, watch yeah. the Blu-ray. Like, unfucking real how much work this guy put in. Now we're still waiting on our man Leif Yonker's fucking Darkness oh Blu-ray. Dude, I, I, I'm killing. Killing for I, that that's, fucking release, man. I can't wait for that shit. But one thing I have to say before we get back to Killing Spray is... By the even though you're not, you know, you're listening to us, you're probably a VHS collector and all that shit. You you can't support these guys by buying a VHS at a swap meet. You have to fucking buy this stuff from them. Go buy the Blu-rays from them. Go buy a DVD. Go buy a shirt. Yeah. Go buy a print. Whatever they have. Just like you wanna you you have no problem spending two hundred bucks on a fucking tape. Go spend the 20 bucks and go buy the Blu-ray just so Dude. this guy sees a little bit of fucking money from this stuff and can keep doing what he's doing. Because if he's fucking broke, he ain't going to be remastering this shit or he's not going to put the effort into maybe finding stuff that was lost. You know, that's the only way that it's going to happen. You have to support the scene. And it sounds corny as fuck, but no, that's really it's, it's not, corny. you know, what you just said is so fucking nail on the head. If you can dish out the hundreds of dollars that people are trying to, to charge for some of these fucking movies now, you should be able to support these artists by picking up what they're doing now. If you're a Tim Ritter fan, guess what? Tim is cranking out fucking awesome movies right now. 
He is still working on things. He is still the fucking king of the underground doing great low budget films. Look, look him up. Buy from him directly. You know, he's a huge part of SRS Cinema, who we are also been, you know, Ron lucky Ma, enough to baby. work with. And they are, you know, have been really great to us. So go to their website, buy their fucking DVDs. I have, you know, all of these movies. I have every Tim Ritter movie on VHS. But guess what? I have every fucking one on DVD and I have every fucking one on Blu-ray. <laughs> and yeah, I hope that yeah, he dude. gets a little bit of that because even if it's a fucking portion, it's still supporting the person that I I, I appreciate for giving me hours of of entertainment that I is, is priceless to me. So. Dude, you're not even buying entertainment, you're buying memories. I like that's it. Too. It sounds yeah. stupid as fuck, but it's true. I mean, Tim Ritter still making high eight, high death, all that sort of Those stuff. Like, go great, buy it with, with people that we love, like Todd Sheets doing fucking stuff with uh, another guy Brad who's still Sykes making stuff like that. All these guys still making movies. Fucking Eric Stanzi still making movies. Yeah, all this movies. shit. Like, please support these people so we can maybe get another killing spree. Yeah. You never know. You know Me what and I Mike mean? Aren't gonna like, get killed in a movie unless they're fucking making them. So you guys gotta exactly. support this shit. Yeah, exactly. Stop being so fucking up. T- it, it's <laughs> it's like so weird to me that it's become such like a hipster thing that like you're literally refusing to support the artist that made this stuff because it's not the original release or some bullshit like that, dude. Like you know, go just dish it out. You want to know why we know so much about this shit? Because we watch DVD extras too. Because we watch Blu-ray fucking extras. You don't get, you don't we get watch some commentary of the shit. The VHS. Sometimes you do. There's a few. There's a there's a few watch, tapes I have. Role. Yeah, dude. Tim Ritter did that yet again. The end of Creep. My copy. There's a whole like extra part. Um, the Norseman release of Darkness. There's a whole extra part after. Like it's, it's just cool as fuck to see oh, yeah. that stuff. And it was very few and far between and you know what jr bookwalter another guy always had stuff like that right like the killer b fucking uh whatever the hell they would call it, the video magazine stuff like they would always include a little bit of stuff on tapes and it's fucking cool as hell so you know please go find these guys go buy their shit go see ron box srs cinema site go buy um just go buy all this tempe video well i think it's make flicks now you have to go find for jr bookwalter stuff go find tim ritter go just paypal him money for this for even (laughs) being involved with this just just yeah specifically hit up tim and be like hey the bad taste guy said i owe you a couple bucks and just fucking hit him off and you know you'll be doing us a solid also (laughs) we we sound preachy as fuck but i know you guys are watching these movies on youtube i know you ain't paying for them (laughs) i know you're bootlegging them I know you're all passing that shit around, oh, yeah. but you know, these guys ain't I see rich. The bootlegs on Instagram. I fucking see you guys. Yeah. It's time to give that money to fucking Papa Tim and Daddy <laughs> JR, right? <laughs> well, yeah, so, you know what? Why don't we, uh, why don't we wrap up killing spree here? The ending. Now you have this serial killer type psychological, weirdness throughout the whole movie the descent into madness and at the end you get zombies <laughs> uh, yeah which is a even even bigger twist on top of the twist that like the wife isn't cheating and like she's trying to fucking help out then we get the fucking zombies so everybody tom killed comes back from the dead and they look great as zombies 
So is and this they act great too? Okay, so like my obviously like I don't think that what, what in my interpretation of how this ending goes is that like you know we do see this descent of Tom Russo's madness as he thinks his wife is cheating on him and he's killing all these people, and then the reveal that his wife tells him that you know babe I'm not cheating I'm fucking writing a goddamn book is like the snapping moment that like is the full descent of his you know schizophrenia or his psychosis that he is now seeing all of his victims coming back as you know zombies you know that kind of thing but really it's just a portrayal of tom russo's madness lose like hitting critical mass if i could say you know if you will (laughs) yeah 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 see like i can kind of agree with that where he's imagining that whole thing because when so his wife like looks over after he eventually kills himself with a a hacksaw and there's no there's no body there right it's it's gonna actually happen you know yeah but there is blood i think on or there's dirt or something on the fucking on the uh on the couch so it's really kind of left open-ended because then you get a little jump scare too right he kind of just jumps out and it's kind of left up to i guess your interpretation of of what the fuck happened i mean do i think the zombies actually were in existence in the movie world probably not because she's in no harm like it's really just tom being a harm to himself like that's really that's really like the danger throughout the entire film is tom russo to himself and others but i don't think she's ever but is she even there is she even there right that's the whole thing that oh dude this is fucking interesting dude like if we have the knowledge that he has a, had a wife that cheated on him and what's caused him to be this, you know, untrusting person. Is the new wife even reality or is this just like a manifestation of his his delusion? Like his, he's fucking crazy and he's just like he doesn't even have this wife like she's never even there. All these people are coming to his house just dealing with him and shit like that. And he's just fucking killing him because like. He's making up that he has this wife that's cheating on him and shit. Like that completely adds like a whole different layer to this movie. I I mean, I I know that we're probably overthinking it right now. But I like we're that, just so I don't get Yeah, shit. we're just we're just making stuff up. I mean, I would love that if the wife never really existed. I mean, is the wife even there at the end if she did exist? Because remember, he sent her away to the the mom the the mother-in-law's house so like she may never even be in the house and he's just kind of imagining all this stuff going on losing his shit in his yeah by himself i it's it's so hard to tell so good dude walking watching him like come in the house and shit yeah and everything because you know she's like kind of freaked out and like she looks over and i'm fairly certain that like his body's not even there anymore Right? This is the scene right here, right? Yeah. Look, there's just a blood stain on the couch, a, a, a bloody hacksaw, but there's no dead body. Yeah. Where's Russo? Dude, imagine she was the killer all along. Oh, <laughs> dude, I like that concept as well. Dude, this could, this is this is like honestly to me what what makes a good movie like a good writing is that like it can be 
uh, interpreted or it could be like, you know, kind of broken down in, in many different uh, directions. It, it's, it's crazy. She's the one that's having the psychotic breakdown. Because right. he, he like jumps out of the fucking porch at the end at her. And it's like very fucking strange. So like maybe it is her. Killing, like, oh, like she's like seducing a lot of these dudes and like killing them and stuff like that. But imagining this crazy husband and she's killed her husband and like that's Tom who's like jumping out at the end is like another one of those dude that's a cool fucking concept also I don't know man I like it you know I fucking love that shit I want everybody to go watch this movie and let us know what you think and if you think what we're saying is fucking dumb probably I don't really yeah yeah. yeah, I don't give a shit This (laughs) this is part of the fun of watching these movies making sense of the nonsensical even if it still doesn't make sense <laughs> exactly dude that that's, that's that is what is the funnest part about these movies is trying to break the madness down with your friends after and watching the, it together the critical madness a critical madness <laughs> all right so uh i think that's that's it for killing spree one of the best shot on video films ever i don't give a fuck what you say we don't care we'll fight you over yeah, it 100 uh, percent and if you saw us at, headed right to your yeah. face and if if you saw us at vhs fest you could tell i could I'll throw a fucking beating bro let's do it <laughs> i'll fight for tim ritter ain't nobody ain't nobody gonna fucking kill over the avengers movies but we'll kill your ass over killing spree 100 <laughs> all right let's head over to the video dropbox all right we're here at vhs fest 5 i'm grizz and who are we here with uh my name is matt i'm with lapsus and I don't know if you guys have uh, heard any of this dude's music, but it fucking slays. It is like the best horror composer. I think personally, like modern horror composer right now, dude. You're fucking crushing it. Oh, thanks. So, what do you have going on right now? Do you have any albums you're working on? Any oh. releases? At the moment, really nothing. Just um, working on score work right now. It's been getting a little slow, so I've been slowly getting back and doing laps and stuff. I'm working on a full length. Hopefully, it should be done by December. But uh, right now, it's like I'm, I'm literally just getting back into doing lapsus material. So it's been fucking like almost a year since I really jumped on it. So are you breaking up the guitar tonight? That's the question. Oh, hell yeah. That's what, that, that's what everybody wants to see is the fucking guitar. It's not going to be brandished like a lot because the songs I usually play standing up, um, I had them on a different computer and it crashed. So so you'll get a couple we'll guitar stands. You'll get awesome. a couple. So do you have any where they can find you on Instagram or anything like that? Um I don't even remember my fucking handle. <laughs> so um you can, you can find me like on Facebook at uh, Lapsus um on just search it through Facebook. Um but Bandcamp it's Lapsus 666. Awesome. And we'll yeah. post links to my my homie's page here and stuff like that. You got to check out his Instagram. Check out his music on SoundCloud. Is that where it was, right? Uh, you know, Bandcamp. Bandcamp, sorry, yeah. So, totally, <laughs> but yeah, thank you for fucking talking with us for a minute, oh, man. And we, pleasure, we man. cannot wait to hear you jam tonight, dude. Okay, we're back in the video Dropbox, and we're going to do something pretty interesting next week. It is the summer. We're going back to the summer camp, 
and we're actually going back to a movie that we've already seen and done on the podcast way earlier. I think it was like episode 28 or something like that. But we will be doing a watch along slash commentary, not a live watch along. You're going to have to wait a little bit longer for those when we go back on Twitch. But we will be doing a commentary with the girth dog and Anthony for the burning Grizz, we're we're fucking lining them up for you too. These are the these are like all your favorite movies we're doing. Yeah, this one's near and dear to my heart. And like when we when I first got on the podcast, it was one of the ones that I had like, oh, I really wish we could do the burning, but you guys had already covered it. And it was so early on, and I feel like we've come such a long way now that like and let's be real, everybody wants to hear what the fucking girth dog is gonna think of the burning yeah so and it is one of my this is my like pinnacle of like camping movies this is the fucking best one so yeah he's never seen it he doesn't know anything about it it. god damn so we're we're gonna watch it together with him and we're gonna see his live reaction to seeing this shit for the first time i do have the tape i have the japanese release too but I got to check to make sure it's uncut because if it's not uncut, we're going to have to watch and uh, we're going to have to watch the uncut version. I got him. the Screaming Factory release. It is. It looks so fucking good. All cleaned yeah, up, I, I know the Scream Factory release is, is completely intact that you see like that yeah. whole scene on the raft. Nothing is removed. Nothing, yeah, it's where cool. where the actual, you know, the US VHS release is, you know, no neutered. cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, that's another thing people don't realize when you get the fucking Blu-ray, you see the uncut fucking I want movie. All You're not the gore. Yeah, yeah. Like, speaking of, yeah, like, dude, this movie in particular, I have the Blu-ray, and the reason why I specifically bought the Blu-ray from SRS Cinema is because I get the full director's cut that Tim did of Killing Spree, which is longer and has even more gore. Mm-hmm. than the VHS release of it on either the I Spit on Your Grave or I Dance on Your Grave release and shit like that or the original Twisted Illusions release. So another reason to go out and buy some of these uh, new releases these guys are doing. Yeah, that I have the I Will Dance on Your Grave version of Killing Spree. It's the one with the girl on the front. If you see that, that's that's the same movie. Yeah, That is Killing Spree by Tim Ritter. Don't get confused. So, so grab it, but also go grab a copy from him. Yeah. Like we just fucking said. Buy so that let's for that fucking bonus shit. <laughs> let's hit the trailer for the burning and we'll talk a little bit more about it. Okay. We're here with needles, the grave there. <laughs> and what the fuck are you doing here? I'm buying every $5 tape. <laughs> Nobody will ever be able to get those Ray Don $5 tapes. I'm going to get them all. <laughs> you were trying to pawn some shit off on me, man. What's up with that? Yes. <laughs> I have 15 copies of Titanic that I'm selling for $150 a piece. It's a double tape. <laughs> <laughs> and what have you been up to lately, man? What do, what do you do? Let people know what you do. <laughs> I go around <laughs> on Holy Hill Cemetery and I bury lost souls <laughs> for a premium. <laughs> 
And where could they find you on the internet, my man? At Needle's Grave. Thank you for the shameless self-promotion. And one more thing. Who do you hate here the most? I hate anybody who is doing eBay prices. They need to rot in hell. This summer, if you're planning to go camping, don't. If you're looking forward to midnight swims, don't. Sneak on back to the campsite. Get some matches. Build us a hot fire. And if you're thinking about being with someone where no one can see you, don't. Because this summer, a legend of terror isn't just a campfire story anymore. They say he smashed his way through the bunk room door, just a mass of flames. Burned alive, cried out, I will return, I will have my revenge. He lives on whatever he can catch. Right now, he's out there, watching, waiting. Who's there? What happened one summer five years ago is about to happen again, and again, and again. The Burning. Man, I, I really can't wait to do this with Jerry. Even though it's a piece of shit Weinstein movie, uh, we'll just talk shit about him the whole time and hope that he yeah, well, rots fuck in it. prison fucking yeah. forever. But the movie itself, you got a young fucking George Costanza in there. Just, it's going to be a cruel summer, baby. Right? <laughs> this, uh, just, man, this is summer to me. The way this movie looks and feels, it, it 100%, it just... This is summer growing up. These are the woods that I grew up in. This is so literally, awesome. Yeah, literally, literally right by you. Yeah, I love this <laughs> shit. So I'm, I'm pumped. We're going to have a good time watching this. Uh, we'll make sure that you could, you know, cue it up and watch along with us. And That's going to be the fun part is, is, is really watching along. Uh, with the girth man himself for the first time because just getting this dude's reactions to what I know is going to become one of his favorite movies is going to be classic. Yeah, he's he's going to love this shit. So that's what we're doing next week. And uh, I think that just about wraps it up for this week. Our oh, yeah. VHS Fest post-mortem. Hope you enjoyed all the uh, interviews that we put in. Go visit their sites. Go see what they're doing. They're all friends of ours and they're all great people, right? Yeah. Uh, I've been I've been eating the shit out of the uh, the cactus Jack King of the Death sauce. That was that's a mouthful for me right now too. Why well, don't uh, you like it? But I guess like somebody else like is pouring the bottle on you. She likes it even more. So you yeah, have to well, get yourself a new bottle, man. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get another one. Uh, Grizz, where could they find you on the internet? You can find me on Instagram at Kane underscore Enabler. And you can find me at Bad Taste Video, and you can find everything we do at www.badtastevideo.com. Please go listen to our friends. Go fucking give Tim Ritter, give Todd Sheets, give JR Bookwalter money. Please <laughs> tell him we <laughs> sent no you. Yeah, uh, go support all our friends' 
what, activities, endeavors. Everybody's doing it for the right reasons. Nobody's here trying to fucking get rich. Well, maybe maybe some of them are, but still. Everybody wants to get rich. But they're doing it the right way. Money is not everything. It's all about life experiences. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, Go check out the Mahonic Drive-In. They're on Instagram. We will probably be at Camp Blood, right? Labor Day weekend. You'll see us again. Come party. Uh, I can't wait. We're we're gonna set a record. We're gonna hang out twice in one year. Yeah, <laughs> we're making a fucking habit. Who knows? <laughs> Who the fuck knows? So we will see you next week with the full fucking gaggle of ghouls as we watch the burning. All right, we're here with a bunch of douchebags. What's your name? Chase. What's your name? Kyle. And what do you go by on Instagram? Because that's all anybody cares about? Not saying it. Beta addiction. And what would everybody know you from, Chase? Do the voice. Come on, man. Can I do the voice? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Come on, come on, Chase. Do the voice. Yeah, yeah, you got to do it. Come on, just talk about that ass, bro. Let me let me try. <laughs> this week on Porno Corno. <laughs> Unfortunately, his actual voice is not quite as southern, it's not as fun. but it's still more than ours. That's for damn sure. Yep. So, what are you guys doing here? Nothing. Drinking. You guys tripping balls or what? Not yet. Maybe. And who else do you have here? Okay, that's like, the... What the fuck is that thing? <laughs> so, have you guys gotten anything? Did you buy any tapes or, or what? I stole some hot sauce and I bought a porno. I got a double-sided dildo signed by Linnea and uh, she actually used it once in a movie. <laughs> Did it cost you $50 or did you have to pay more than that? I actually paid $1.75, but I had some crack rock that she was willing to take as well. <laughs> so, Chase, what's up, man? You didn't vend this year. Uh, what's going on with that? Too swampy, too expensive. And who do you hate here? Most everyone. And who do you hate here? My mother. <laughs> All right. So, uh, anything else you want to say? You want to you get something off your chest? Porno Corno will return. <laughs> what about you, man? What was the question? Do you want to get anything off your chest? You could say anything you want. Uh, yeah, my wife's off the pill, so I blew load all over my chest, and it's kind of crusty, so that would be nice to get off. <laughs> That's fine with me. Uh, you got anything else for him? No, Chris is dying right now. All right, there we go.